Hello, my name is Pete McCall, and welcome to episode 61 of All About Fitness. On today's episode, I sit down with Anthony Carey, a San Diego-based personal trainer and one of the OGs of the San Diego Fitness Mafia. Now, for those of you who uh, might be new to listening or if you're just coming into All About Fitness, I do live in San Diego, which is one of the hotbeds of fitness. And so here, Anthony and I discuss a little bit about what that means and why we jokingly refer to ourselves as the San Diego Fitness Mafia, because trust me, we're not a real mafia, but we are a collection of uh, like-minded individuals all trying to make the world a better place through sweating. Anyway, Anthony Carey is a recognized uh, personal trainer. He's an international speaker. He travels around the world sharing on the topic of corrective exercise. A few years ago, he was uh, recognized as the personal trainer of the year by the American Council on Exercise. And just this year, he was a finalist. He's one of three finalists for personal trainer of the year by the Idea Fitness Association. Idea is a trade association for personal trainers and group fitness instructors. One of the things that makes Anthony so special, and he's, he's part of my thread of personal trainers for the last few episodes, I've had personal trainers like Gunnar Peterson, Eric the Trainer, a Hollywood-based trainer, I've had Silent Mike Farr, a powerlifting coach, but for the last few episodes, I've done a thread of personal trainers because I want to expose you, the listener, to the different type of individuals out there and different types of exercise that are out there. Now, the last, the last interview I had, Mike Farr specializes in powerlifting, which is lifting the most amount of weight possible. And so I went a different direction today with Anthony. Anthony's specialty is pain. More specifically, using exercise to get you out of pain. Anthony's developed a whole um, education program called the Pain-Free Exercise Specialist. That's one of the reasons why he travels around the world to places like London, Bangkok, Shanghai, to, to speak about how exercise can get you out of pain. Anthony himself, is uh, he's, he's a great guy. He's been doing this for a number of years, and he's getting up there in age. We talk about how old he is and how, uh, how he's changed his exercise program over the years. But what Anthony and I really try to nail into or dive down into in our conversation today is how you can use exercise to alleviate pain. You know, Whether you're an athlete when you're younger, um, whether you, you know, maybe had an accident, a car accident, or you took a nasty fall sometime, there's a good chance that, the, that a lot of you out there might be dealing with some type of chronic pain. I forget what the numbers are, but a tremendous amount of people deal with pain. And yeah, you can go to the doctor and get a pill to take care of the pain, but masking the pain with drugs isn't really doing anything to solve why you might be having that pain in the first place. And that's what Anthony specializes in. Anthony has written a book called The Pain-Free Program that goes into exercise strategies that you can do at home to help move away from pain. I'll have a link to the book below in the show notes. In addition, Anthony's created a whole education platform for fitness professionals on how to be pain-free movement specialists. So in our interview today, we, you know, Anthony talks about some of the causes of pain, and I think you might be surprised, if you have chronic pain, I think you might be surprised at what could be causing that pain. In addition, Anthony does a lot of distance coaching, so if you have tried everything else to get rid of that pain that you've been dealing with, you might want to reach out to him. At the very least, check out his book, The Pain-Free Program, and see what you might be able to do from the comfort of your own home to help move back into the life that you want to enjoy. So today on All About Fitness, Anthony Carey, the owner of Function First, a corrective exercise specialist, and the author of The Pain-Free Program. Okay. 
Okay, I'm Pete McCall with All About Fitness, and I'm talking today with one of the OGs of the San Diego Fitness Mafia, <laughs> Anthony Carey from Function First. Anthony, first of all, I want to, uh, if you give yourself a little introduction, and then we'll talk a little bit about what we mean by the San Diego Fitness Mafia. Fair enough. Um, I uh, am the founder of Function First. We've been in business here in San Diego for about 24 years. Um, we started off exclusively working with people with corrective exercise and chronic pain, which is still sort of uh, what we're best known for. We draw clientele in from around the world, uh, but we also offer some traditional fitness-related services that are based on that underlying ethos and philosophy of, of what's baked into our DNA. Um, I also have the privilege to be a, an educator and author and get to spend a lot of time uh, traveling the world and hanging out with friends like you in very exotic places and sometimes <laughs> and sometimes not so exotic but uh, uh, what still... the, Seattle, the Seattle airport hotel isn't exotic <laughs> no not as exotic as Thailand but you know uh, we do get to, we do get to run into each other and, and lots of uh, very good friends uh, doing the same and uh, you know hopefully I'm getting to make a contribution to the industry and will continue to make a contribution in the years to come. So, and what do we mean by San Diego Fitness Mafia? I want to explain that a little bit for listeners because, you know, this, this goes to people all around, uh, all around the world. <clears throat> and I think we have a very unique, uh, unique special uh, environment here in San Diego. What, what, do I, what do I mean by that when I refer to that? Well, I mean, if there was a satellite looking down and kind of heat sensing a beacon of activity and, uh, uh, con contributors in the fitness industry, it would shine bright on San Diego. Uh, there's a lot of people and organizations uh, right here that are really making a difference and sort of sought out people and destinations from the industry uh, where they serve as a resource, uh, where it's sort of a lab and an experimental ground where things are are first to come out of here, uh, everything from manufacturing companies and equipment makers to uh, organizations that are like American Council on Exercise that are really leaders in education, uh, Idea Health and Fitness, um, and just some really big influential names that, uh, like I said, are, are making a difference. So, um, you know, together, uh, there's some closer knit than others, but in general, a lot of us really know and respect each other quite well. Uh, we get along. It's not, it's not as in the mafia sense. There's not uh, <laughs> different families uh, fighting over uh, certain territories, and it's it's in some some ways it's loosely knit, in some ways it's really tightly knit amongst the community. Well, and I think it's it comes from I, you know I refer to it from the Mount Malcolm Gladwell book Outliers where he talks about, you know, in that you get different groups, like, you know, Silicon Valley obviously is tech. New York is obviously financial. Los Angeles is entertainment. And San Diego really is, for, for people listening, San Diego, you have a really unique collection of fitness educators here who are really doing a lot of really great things in the fitness industry. Because, as Anthony mentioned, you have one of the largest certifications here, the American Council on Exercise. You know, Anthony does a lot of content for them. I work with them, do a lot of content for them. You have IDEA, which is a, a professional association of um, personal trainers. And so you get some of the leaders in the industry that have all, you know, we all, just, I don't know if, if we're leaders because we live in San Diego or we're, you know, we've, we've risen to be leaders because of the people we work with. I mean, what's your kind of, what do you think has happened? Because I do think we all get together pretty well. I mean, we, I think we have pretty cordial relationships. Oh, I, I, I agree 100%. And, um, you know, mutual respect and, uh, 
some crossover in subject matter expertise and some uh, where it's completely we defer to others. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, part of it obviously is the weather <laughs> um, and we're drawn to this area. And it's also the triathlon capital of the world. So you have a lot of outdoor fitness related things. We're not um, we're not forced to be indoors certain months out of the years. I think that plays a part of it. Uh, you know, some of the universities here have great programs. That's what originally brought me here, San Diego State's exercise science program when I came out for graduate school. Um, uh, you know, there's probably a lot of different variables that continue to feed that. Um, and then, you know, it, it could be one of those things like Silicon Valley that we're just starting to gain some critical mass, too. And, and, uh, and people are sort of acknowledging, recognizing that, wow, if you look at anywhere in the world, um, certainly San Diego is up there, if not, you know, the most densely uh, populated area of of the fitness mafia, like you said. And, and, and we use that term. And the reason why I want to start with that, Anthony, is because I really, I look at you as one of the leaders, you know, as one of the people do it because of what you do is so unique um, when it comes to fitness, because you really, I, w- I wouldn't classify you. And what I love about what you do, um, which is one of the reasons why, you know, this is the second time we've spoken for the podcast. One of the reasons why I love what you do is you focus on a very special area. If I want weight loss, you're not the guy I come to. What is it that you do? What do you focus on? What's your specialty at Function First, and, and why do you? Why is that such a unique thing for 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 the industry? Well, you're right. People never come to me to lose weight. Uh, <laughs> I'm 100. percent uh, My clientele is 100 percent people dealing with chronic pain, and and that's the way it's been pretty much my entire career. Which certainly going back 20 some years is not what you would think of as a fitness person. Um, it was definitely a path less traveled, and uh, but it was something that I enjoyed. Uh, you know, My graduate work was in biomechanics and athletic training, so I had some background in um, sort of what the traditional contemporary rehabilitative process looked like. I, I had a uh, you know, nice background in injury pathologies and the healing process of tissue and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it was really how we took exercise and movement, a completely hands-off approach. And over the years, that certainly, you know, we've continued to learn and, and understand that a lot of what we were doing was biomechanics. And a lot of it was related to the psychosocial side of what we were doing and the fact that we were giving people a nice um, kind of restorative environment. Uh, we were listening to them. Uh, we were not trying to work them through a no pain, no gain process. And that in conjunction with some, some very novel exercises, some very strategically sequenced exercises was really, um, making a difference. And, uh, and that's really where that's been my playground, um, almost from the beginning, like I said, and that is not your everyday fitness professional. (laughs) And, and And so you're not really, you don't do physical therapy. I mean, how do you, what is the approach of exercise? Like, how do you use exercise for pain management? Well, very often it can be complementary to um, other either manual or passive treatments like uh, passive modalities that they might get in physical therapy or they take home like an e-stim also with soft tissue work um, from body workers or acupuncture for that matter. But ultimately, we got to move, right? And the way that we're currently moving, um, if we're in chronic pain, um, is either cause or effect, doesn't matter, but it continues to reinforce the, the neural patterning and certainly uh, how the brain responds to certain movements. And by introducing, um, using a biomechanical approach, meaning that that's sort of our 
what guides us. All right. So your, your knee is doing this and your hip is doing that. And, um, we want to be able to create, uh, a stimulus for positive change. That's not threatening to the body. And so that's where you, the term corrective or restorative exercises come from, but then you have to be able to layer them and, and, and sort of, um, create a, an exposure that's graded over time that, and over time, meaning within a session that gets them more integrated and involved in what they're doing so that they can take that now and, and, and become part of their daily movement catalog versus leaving them lying on a table and, and doing a bunch of stuff to them say, okay, now go out and do that single leg squat with rotation to get behind the wheel of your car. And, uh, you know, doing, providing that kind of stimulus and then equally important, empowering them with this, with that same home program. So they don't become dependent upon me in the studio because I'm not touching them at all. I'm not laying a hand on them at all. Everything and all the positive change that they make is independent of me, which means that it's a hundred percent reproducible at home. And that's a big deal. And one, one quick, I mean, we spoke last time we spoke and I want to get into this a little bit more because this is fascinating to me because a lot of what you do is you try to create an environment for success where people move towards success. And so a lot of what you've been working on the last couple of years, specifically reading some of the work that you've written is really not so much physical, sorry, not so much physical, but more of the kind of the mental or the psychological component. Can you go into that a little bit? Like where does pain, what's the psychological component of pain and how how can you use exercise to help kind of change people's perception of pain? Well, if the way that the lens that we view chronic pain now through the, what the literature and the research is, is 100% confirming now is through a, a paradigm that's called biopsychosocial, which means you can think of it as three lanes, and, but they're not, they're in, interdependent lanes. And the bio is what we've always viewed it through traditionally, right? So that's always been the biology or the biomechanics behind the injury. And the psychosocial is really uh, an, an equally um, involved part of the puzzle because uh, there's so many things that we bring to the table through a psychological, emotional standpoint, our beliefs, our attitudes about healing, what our expectations are. Um, a person that's depressed has a much higher risk of, of uh, becoming a chronic pain sufferer uh, and much harder and, and experiencing that chronic pain for longer periods of time. And does the depression cause the pain or does the pain cause the, contribute to the depression or do we know? Uh, we don't, but we know that there is a correlation with that. Um, those types of things um, really influence how a person progresses. And we, all, we know now clearly that you can't separate um, psychological stress from physical stress, right? There's, a, there's automatically a, a physiological response uh, to any psychological stressor. So if I'm constantly afraid that I'm going to hurt myself and I'm moving through life in a way that we call hypervigilant, which means I'm just being too careful and too restricted – uh, that feeds back into my software, and then my software starts to adapt to that, and that becomes part of how I move, and, and therefore my little my movement catalog or my bubble becomes smaller and smaller over time. Um, in addition to that, there, in, on, the, on the social side, there could be things like, okay, I I can't attend this event because I know I, I might be forced to stand for 15 or 20 minutes. Well, the anxiety of that adds to the psychological stress or the fact that um, I have now I have these fears that I'm not going to be able to provide for my family or I'm not going to be able to sit through class and get my degree or whatever it is um, are all part of this giant soup that uh, together creates the experience that the person ultimately has with chronic pain. So 
you might see somebody, you know, and traditionally we say, oh my gosh, look at their posture. They're so hunched over. And, and that person, you might be, their, their back must be killing them. And, and you ask them, they're like, no, I feel fine. And then you might see somebody has just a tiny little bit of rounding or kyphosis in their upper back. And that same person is in excruciating pain. So we, we'd have to say, well, it can't 100% be the fact that their body is doing this visually. Um, there's got to be other components to it. And that's where, that's where a great deal of these other factors add to. And all of, it, all of it is different for everybody, right? There could be a whole lot of biomechanical stress that ultimately manifests itself into bad news that the person got from, from a, a physical therapist or their doctor. or And then that's added to the, the expectations that they're going to or not get better. Um, the, consider the person who feels like chronic pain is just a, a natural consequence of getting older. And, and well, does it have to, I mean, does, does pain have to be a part of the aging process? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That goes to this psychological side that, the, that it's an expectation, right? Oh, I'm getting older, so it's just a matter of time before my back. Or here's, the, here's probably the, the most common one that we hear is that, you know, I've got degenerative disc disease or I've got no cartilage. And, and people don't understand that they're natural aging processes. So you could come to me and say, hey, I've got degenerative disc disease, meaning that the discs in my back are kind of flatter, smaller, less hydrated, not not doing the same thing that they did for me when I was 18. And that's why you have back pain. And, and then we could say, well, what if we grabbed 10 people that were 15 years older than you, had the same or worse and had no pain? How do you explain that then? And, and each individual is is different in how, how that goes. So it doesn't have to be that way. And again, it becomes part of um, it becomes part of the, the overall scenario or profile of an individual that is biomechanically related. But if, if I can, I'll go back to your, your point where you said, well, how does exercise come into all that? Well, if we move well and often and with reduced stress on the body, that also feeds back into our software that tells us, hey, we can do this, which therefore becomes less stressful, improves our, our sense of well-being, improves our overall movement confidence, and that creates a positive cascade into how we ultimately feel and move because now I'm not afraid to go to that social event. Now I have a belief that, hey, there is hope. I'm going to get better. And then the needle starts to move in the opposite direction. Well, actually, it's a good question, not to interrupt you, but but a question that pops into mind is how many of the people that you see, like how many clients do you see do you consider like regularly active? I mean, they're physically active on a regular basis. It doesn't matter whether they exercise in a gym, but maybe they garden, maybe they, they play tennis. And then how many, how many clients do you see who generally aren't active and have had some sort of uh, acute injury that's changed their ability to just to go about their daily life? I mean, what's your breakdown of people that, that you work with who exercise regularly versus those who don't? Well, if, if they're coming to me, uh, there's a good chance, um, not always true, but it's a good chance that they have exercised regularly previously, but now they can no longer. Um, I'm quite frankly, I'm often, I often get, well, you're my last hope kind of thing. <laughs> um, you know, been there and done that. And so they, they've probably done a lot already and, uh, or they want to get back to it or they'll, they'll play that, that game of golf once a week, but then they pay the price three or four, three or four days afterwards or whatever it is. So, Many of these people um, have a have a reasonable uh, positive attitude towards exercise, um, but that's secondary to the fact that they just want to feel better and they're a little bit desperate uh, to get better. 
Um, and those people obviously have a higher chance of doing well than than the completely sedentary person who has a whole lot of other comorbidities, other illness or disease-related things that go along with the um, that just you know maybe doesn't really accept exercise. The responsibility of self uh, self help <laughs> right off the bat, um, and, and again they've got a they've, they've got a dig, bigger hole to dig themselves out of than the person that is a uh, ha- or has been a regular exerciser. And now the second part of that question, and where I wanted to go to with that, because I think that's that's really important for people to hear is is if you have chronic pain, it could be something that you're doing on a regular basis that's feeding into that. Of those people you see who are, who are physically active, how many of them do repetitive programs or how many, have been do, how many of them have been doing the same exercises repetitively for years? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, no. Well, as you can imagine, it's a bad thing. And a lot of them do. They don't have a, a clear, um, a really clear understanding of, of the value of variability to what their bodies need and uh they might go to the gym and and have run on that same uh circuit of of stacked weight machines for i kid you not 15 years yeah no <laughs> I, we, yeah, we know that thing. i mean yeah <laughs> it's groundhog day right and some gyms right. go in there and people are doing the same thing every day but yeah, yeah go ahead yeah well and and then uh or or the guy that comes in and he's been doing um a hundred crunches when he first thing when he gets out of bed every morning for the last ten years, um, and that's his exercise. Uh, you know, and, and people people will will do a lot of uh, uh, have recreational stuff that they enjoy that's good for them. You know, emotionally, socially, psycho- psychologically, um, that they get in there once in a while too that they miss, uh, and and that actually adds to the psychological and social stressors if they can no longer take that Zumba class or whatever because. Um, they're hurting, and then that again, kind of gasoline on the fire, sort of thing over time. So, uh, we part of our whole process in terms of not just uh, movement education is is education to the client around um, all these other valuable things and how they can start to incorporate it and set expectations that way as well, uh, and get them away from doing the same old, same old. Yeah, and that's and that's why I think what you're doing is so important, and why why I really I, I consider you one of the leaders in our business. Because there's so many people out there. I mean, you know, I'm in my 40s now. I know you recently had a had a big birthday. Uh, I'm not going to out you. I'm not going to out you on that. I'll let you <laughs> if you want to claim it. I'll let you claim it. But uh, but I see a lot of people our age, a lot of guys our age, doing the same program, the same that they've been doing since they were in college. You know, so for 20, 25 years. And if I've been doing the same bench press program, for example, you know, would it be natural for my shoulders and back to hurt? Well. You certainly would have a greater chance than somebody who didn't do that every day. Um, and yeah, you, you start to look at that pattern overload. And even if, uh, even if it's the shoulder, yeah. If and especially if the you know you went through the the phase that we all did from our twenties into our early thirties, where it was go big or go home with the weights. Um, then and that's all you ever did. There's a good chance that the mechanics around your shoulders and your upper back and are, are probably undergoing more stress than they need to by doing those same movements and, and the tissues adapted and that sort of thing. But the, here's another interesting note to that would be that if if I develop shoulder pain after doing the same exercises forever and ever, and then every time I go, I take some time off and I go back and I get away with it for a week or two, then the shoulder starts to hurt. Something's got to resonate with me that I got to change what I'm doing, right? Um, but the more 
cycles I go through that, the more my nervous system adapts to the fact that anytime I'm going to press overhead is going to bother my shoulder. And so now it starts to, that same experience starts to continue outside of the gym. When I go to put things up on the shelf, when I go to put my arms through my shirt to pull it over my head, all those kind of things now start to become uh, part of that profile as well. And so that's where, is that where the psychological component comes in? That if, if I'm used to my shoulder hurting, for example, when I'm doing the bench press and then I'm at home and I go to reach for something off the shelf in the garage, my art, my brain kind of triggers that same motion. And so it kind of expects that pain to happen. Is that what you're talking about? Well, it can, it can, but, uh, it's, it, it, they're, they're, it's coming at you from all angles, right? So it's multidimensional. So it could be a combination of, I just need to get a little bit of a reminder and then my my nervous system will respond accordingly, which which could be that, okay, I'm going to send this kind of what we call nociceptive input back to the nervous system, which is basically I'm sensing bad stimulus um, from out around my shoulder. And then that's going to elicit a response, you know, both a, a chemical response and a, a physiological response and a psychological response. And then now I start to, that becomes part of this representation in my brain that gets stronger and stronger the more that I produce it and, 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 and as we do that. Now, I, I want to be, be perfectly clear with my next, my next couple questions here. I'm not in pain right now. I'm not using this as a chance. I'm not <laughs> trying to get free coaching from you on this, but I just want to use myself as an example because I think there are probably a lot of people out there that may be experiencing this. So if I'm experiencing, like, I'm going to go with this, you stay with the shoulder, for example. If I'm experiencing shoulder pain regularly, right, pain in my right shoulder because I love to bench press, and maybe I bench press, you know, when I go to the gym, two, three times a week, maybe I bench press and do biceps curls and, and I do some of the traditional guy exercises. Um, and I start and keep flaring this up and I come see you, how long would it take for you? And I know there's a whole bunch of variables in there, so you can't give me a definitive answer, but how long do you think it would take to kind of be able to, to assess what I'm doing and get me moving towards a program that would get me out of pain? Well, getting you out of the pain is Generally depends on how long you've had it, how much your body's adapted, um, how intense the pain is, uh, how how uh, diligent you are with your homework and avoiding provocative things. There's a there's a whole bowl of soup that goes along with that as well. But you'd be surprised that if you give your you know one of the things that we're ultimately doing is we're giving the body an opportunity to heal. So you know the analogy, overly simplified analogy is if your shoulder is like a bruise on your knee and you keep banging that that knee on the table every time you pull your chair in, it's going to take longer for that bruise to heal, if ever, if you keep banging it every day. So you got to give, but just taking time off um, from not banging your knee for a week and then going back into the same chair and the same desk and banging your knee again, repeatedly or repeatedly, now pretty soon you have this association with every time I sit down and pull my chair in, whether I'm at a restaurant or at my desk or at my kitchen table, my I'm going to get this response in my body that potentially uh, has my brain thinking that pain is coming. So getting somebody to do something differently, give it a reprieve, avoid the provocative stuff really accelerates your ability to, to heal faster. And then you just, then through the exercises, you're, you're, uh, establishing new strategies for movement that become secondary to what you think about and they happen on their own. And then now you've got a, you've got a new movement pattern that no longer has to, has to go through that same, um, that same cycle or represent that same neural representation any longer. So would I be able to, so if I went through that and so I went through and followed the protocols, would I be able to turn, return to weightlifting or would you recommend like a different course of action for exercise? No, I would, I would generally say, let's take a reprieve 
from the provocative moves. Then I would say, let's give you some other stuff to do that, that help counterbalance that. And then I would eventually let you or suggest that you can return to that if that's something that you really enjoy and get pleasure out of as part of your workout. But we would just have to structure it where you've had, you have other exercises that challenge uh, opposing muscle groups. And, and maybe we got to need to put you in some different positions. Maybe we've got to integrate that with a little bit of uh, work that you're doing with lighter weights, but um, in a kind of a more variable uh, environment, uh, like sitting on a ball or using dumbbells instead of uh, barbells and just different things like that. You know, I think what, what ultimately really bugs a lot of people, Pete, is that they, that they feel like, um, they go to the doctor and the doctor tells them, well, you can never run again. And you've been a runner your entire life. You identify with running, you get social, um, pleasure out of going to races on the weekends. You run with one of your best friends twice a week. And the doctor says you can never run again. That can't be great for uh, how a person ultimately um, views their, their, their progress and, and where they want to be going, right? Yeah, and that's, and, and that's exactly where I wanted to go with it because I think, I think a lot of times when, when people think in terms of like pain and stuff, it's like an either or. I can either do this or I don't. And so therefore, I think a lot of people just – and this is just from 20 years of working in gyms. I think a lot of people will deal with the pain – because they don't want to give up running. They don't want to give up bench pressing and go, well, I'll just deal with it because it's going on. But what you're saying is that working with, with some working with you or someone that, that has your skill set, you can get me out of pain but allow me to return to my favorite activities with different exercise strategies. Is that correct? hundred percent correct. So people don't have to give up their favorite activities. No, no. Maybe they have to put them on hold for a period of time, but then they, they come back, you know, better than ever. And with a new perspective and um, giving their body different opportunities to execute those favorite exercises or movements. And would I be able to learn? I mean, as part of this, you're, you're teaching me like ways that I can learn how to take care of my body so that I don't go back into pain again. I mean, is that is that one of the things that you offer if, if people go through your program? That's that's a huge part of it. Otherwise, it becomes uh, otherwise we're just putting out a fire that can come back. Right. And we're not preventing future reoccurrences. I like that because, yeah, if you put out a fire, you got, you, know, you need to clear the brush to make sure the fire doesn't happen again for a few years. Now, with that, you, you offer – like do you offer online coaching or how, how, can, people, how can people work with you and, and function first? Well, we, we have a physical location here in San Diego that we, we work with people that um, – both locally and, and people that fly in. We're close to the airport for that reason. Um, but we also do Skype consultations, and, and um, people are surprised to learn how effective that is. But uh, we can we can watch movement patterns. We can certainly do the uh, uh, the educational pro- uh, side of it and, and getting a better understanding of what the person's health history is, what their goals are, what their fears are, what their expectations are. And then we can uh, – video ourselves actually doing their program specifically uh, with with individualized cues and, and that sort of thing. And then we uh, we upload that video and uh, send it to them with a printout. And um, and then we follow up with them on a weekly basis. And in between, they're doing their homework. See, that's, and that's really, I think that's so cool. And I think that's one of the things that we're going to see changing fitness in the next, it's already been changing fitness, right? Is the fact that we're doing much more online coaching. Did you ever vision that you'd be able to do what you do in that medium? 
believe it or not, I did. We we have clients long before Skype was big. They'd literally they would physically send us VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> really, they would they would they would, they they would record themselves on a VHS. Yes, and then we would send them a VHS tape back. So you could imagine the turnaround was a bit longer than it is now. But we still had video clients from uh, from around the certainly around the country, a handful internationally. We have much more international uh, clientele now because of Skype. But we would they would physically mail us a VHS tape in the mail, and then we would uh, physically record a VHS tape and send it back to them. <laughs> I love that man because because yeah because then because a lot of the stuff a lot of the, the online tech. Um, and social media seems perfect for personal trainers. Now, you've, you've written a couple books on pain management, haven't you? You've written a lot of stuff on pain management. How can people find that? Well, I, I've written a book that's been around uh, for a while now, but it's still, it still provides a great deal of value to people. It's called The Pain-Free Program, A Proven Method to Relieve Back, Neck, Shoulder, and Joint Pain. Uh, that was my main consumer uh, self-help book, and that was uh, and actually taken on a second life with fitness pros are using it now as um, a way to use some of the exercises in there with their clients. Uh, the other book I wrote was actually more specific to the fitness industry, and, and it was called uh, Relationship and Referrals, a Personal Trainer's Guide to um, Doing Business with the Medical Community. And, of course, written a lot of exercises as well. And, that, and that's cool. And, and are those available? I'll have a link to, I'll have a link to the pain-free management because that's one I think that people can really pick up in. Because you do give programs that people can implement on their own, correct? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, and they can get some exercise. Um, they can certainly get exercises from the book uh, that they can do, and they can sort of self-diagnose and that sort of thing. So, Anthony, we're going to take a quick break for a second for a, a word from the sponsor of All About Fitness, and we'll be right back to talk a little about how you can find a pain-free specialist in your area who may be able to help you move away from pain and get back to your favorite exercise or physical activity. Vicor Fitness is the maker of the new TerraCore, which is a step, bench, balance trainer, and multifaceted exercise tool combined into one single platform. Go to vicorefitness.com to see the newest piece of equipment that will be taking the fitness industry by storm in 2017. Use the code AAF to save 20% on purchasing a TerraCore of your own. TerraCore by Vicor Fitness. Vicor Fitness. Better results from better products. So we're back talking with Anthony. Uh, do you have a whole education program uh, for pain-free specialists? What, what's that entail? Well, we, we have a program we call the Pain-Free Movement Specialist, uh, and that is to emphasize, obviously, the fact that we are movement people and not hands-on physical therapists, and we're, and we're exercise folks. And what that entails for the fitness professional is the ability for them to you know, learn in uh, various stages, uh, levels one, two, three, and four, how to best serve this clientele. And the, the numbers of people that literally are dealing with chronic pain exceed uh, heart disease, cancer, and stroke combined. And so it's, you know, it's considered a disease in and of itself, chronic pain, which is not a great label to, to put on something like that. So uh, we are in the process of educating as many people as we can, and those numbers are progressively growing more and more as people find out about it. But it's, it's literally a, 
a segment of the population that is underserved uh, from the fitness and even from the body work standpoint because these are people that exhaust uh, what they can or have done through physical therapy, physiotherapy, chiropractic, and, and still want to move and be productive uh, members of society enjoy their life the best they can, and exercise is ultimately one of the major um, keys. Exercising well and smart is one of the major keys in getting to that place. And so you found that you're getting enough of a demand for what you do. You couldn't be, you couldn't help as many people as needed your help. So you, was it, was your thought to kind of to create a whole? Um, I don't want to say a clone, but I guess that'd be the best way to do it. To kind of create a clone army or a drone army that can go out and do the same sort of thing and work with consumers around around the world? Absolutely. I mean, I, yes, we, that was actually the reason why I first wrote the book is how can I extend my reach and make a greater contribution? And then with the, the curriculum, for years we've been teaching sort of our principles uh, and part of what I do, but I was often teaching it as, as okay, how can – how can you integrate this into your training environment? And so then it became just sort of a small percentage of what people did. Um, and, and it was sort of a helpful tool that they had in their toolbox. But it was it's not the same as, hey, this person is a chronic pain client and it's a completely different way I have to approach that. And I don't have that skill set. And if I don't have that skill set, I probably shouldn't even be working with these people. And this is, a, as I said, a hugely underserved population. And so uh, both from a, a – you know, an educational standpoint and a business standpoint, it makes sense for people that have access to these kind of people to help them to get better trained in, in what they can do for them. And is that, I mean, are you getting a good, I mean, are you getting a good response from the marketplace? Are people interested in, in learning this so they can help more clients? Absolutely. And, and we're actually in final negotiations with one of the largest uh, certification bodies in the industry to partner with to help it get out to even more and more people and, and the awareness and the curriculum. So is there a way that, that listeners could be able to find a, a pain-free movement specialist in their area? They will be able to find them up on the functionfirst.com website. We're currently building out that section, and, and what we're going to be doing is putting sort of those that have gone through uh, the level two and above initially on there, and uh, or we're still – they can find it on the site. We're, we're still working out the, the details on how we're going to um, highlight the person's background and that sort of thing. But functionfirst.com will definitely have uh, a listing of available practitioners. And is it, do you also have uh, information on there just for general, like blogs or articles or information that you put up as well? Absolutely. Tons of great information and, and uh blog articles and just overall information and some videos and things like that on the, that are demonstrating some exercises and the value of certain things that you can do. And it's very helpful. Yes. And have you done anything on YouTube? You have a YouTube channel yet, or is that something that you've, uh, you know, not, haven't really had the time to really delve into? Well, we, I have a YouTube channel that I've been putting up, but it's geared a little bit more towards the professional audience. Okay. Um, that's been up for years, but a lot of the videos we will embed in the blog that are appropriate for, uh, different audiences based on on the particular blog post so you wouldn't be able to do that back in the vhs days would you <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> be able to put out just send out random vhs tapes to people interested in, in your methods it, it would be very bulky and expensive wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, anthony carey a pain-free movement specialist and you're with uh, function first in san diego hey man i really appreciate your time ac and and for the listeners you can hear how you know i AC is kind of a very humble guy, but you can see why he's considered one of the, the OGs of the San Diego fitness community. 
because he's been doing this for more than 20 years, helping people get out of pain. So that, that's why I kind of wanted to start with a little bit of discussion about just the overall fitness culture here in San Diego and, and the environment of fitness educators, because AC, I definitely consider you one of the leaders, man. I appreciate your time today. Well, that's very kind coming from somebody of, of your experience and background as well, Pete. So thank you. So hopefully that was an insightful conversation into maybe you know the, some of the causes of the pain that you might be dealing with. Now, one of the things that uh, that we didn't talk about specifically, or we, we brushed over lightly, is that Anthony uh, is also the inventor. Knowledge he owned a studio. Knowledge he written a couple books and numerous articles about corrective exercise, but he's also invented a very unique uh, product called the Cortex. The Cortex is a completely uh, you know, three, movable reactionary trainer. I'll actually have a link uh, in the show notes to a video Anthony and I did a few years ago about the benefits of using the Cortex. Because uh, a couple years ago, Anthony was featured on um, a TV show called Sweat Inc., where he got to, it's kind of like Shark Tank for fitness inventors. And he got to go on it with uh, the Cortex and actually did pretty well with it. But uh, yeah, one of the reasons why I wanted to have Anthony on was so you can understand that personal trainers, do a lot more than just help people look good, right? Because that's our perception of what personal trainers do. Our perception is that personal trainers might yell at you to get you to lose weight. They might yell at you to have better habits, to not eat that junk food. You know, we get that from TV, you know? Um, But there are a lot of personal trainers out there that specialize in different areas. So over the course of the last few interviews, you know, we had a powerlifting specialist. You know, we had two trainers on who specialize in working with Hollywood celebrities, you know, we had a, a personal trainer who does online coaching primarily for women. You know, we had a, a personal trainer who works with primarily older adults. And today, AC, uh, that's his nickname, Anthony's nickname is AC. Um, today, AC talked about using, uh, you know, he's, he's still a personal trainer, but he's such an elevated personal trainer because he really, he can get you out of pain. It's funny, I worked with him for a little while in his studio, and um, you watch what people do, you know, you, your perception of exercise, you're throwing stuff around, you're lifting, you're, you're grunting, you're sweating, but you know what, if you're in pain, you're not able to do that. You know, if you can barely walk, if it hurts to move, if, if you've tried everything, you know, chiropractors, you know, physical therapists, the doctors, and, and they can't get you out of pain, you know, I've seen, I've seen AC work, work almost miracles. And just by is moving you into the positions that feel good, you know your brain. You know your brain thinks your your brain will learn pain triggers before the rest of your body, and that and that's one thing that AC is really focused on the last few years is understanding the psychology of pain, because there's a physical science of pain. Nociceptors is are the sensory nerve endings from the um, from the nervous system which pick up the pain signal, but there's a whole psychology to pain. And that's one of the areas where Anthony can really coach you into movements that feel good. So you learn how to move into, into feeling better. Anyway, as I said, I've been doing a whole thread of personal trainers because I want to expose you to different type of professionals that might be out there. You know, personal training isn't just about working with someone who's going to yell at you so you look great. Personal training can mean a lot of different things. If you're into fitness, if you want to get results from your exercise program, I highly recommend that you, at the very least, look uh, for a good personal trainer or a good group training program in your area because you know there's actually some really cool research that shows that working with a trainer, working with somebody who's going to push you a little bit, move you to where you're not comfortable, can help you, you know, get over that hump, can maybe help you get the results that you're looking for. 
So if you're interested in getting more information about AAC, Anthony Carey, if you want to find out more about the pain-free program and what he's doing at his studio, Function First, I'll have his links and his information down in the show notes below. And keep in mind that starting on my quick fit tips, um, with the next quick fit tips, I'll start answering uh, some emails from listeners. So if you have any fitness questions that you've been dying to ask or you want to hear me talk about, please do me a favor. You can shoot me an email, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. I know it's really hard. Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. You can uh, shoot me something on the Twitter at PeteMC underscore fitness. Twitter is PeteMC underscore fitness. And my Instagram handle is Pete McCall underscore fitness. So thanks for dropping in all about fitness. Hopefully you learned a little bit more about how you can use exercise to deal with pain and keep checking back for further episodes. Have a great day.